Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bridge Church. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. I know you could be doing other things. We believe everyone was created on purpose and for a purpose. And because of that reason, everyone matters to God. God never made anybody he doesn't care about. Doesn't matter where you're at in life. Doesn't matter what you're going through. You are important to God this morning. Today, the title of my message is learning how to be faithful in a faithless world. Okay, not only faithful, but faithful. See, too often we live faithless. We don't think we know what's going to happen. And so today we're going to understand that everything our world is trying to do today is convince us that we're not good enough. Convince us that we can't trust God. Convince us that we have to do it on our own. If I can't get my hands on it or I can't quantify it, then it can't be real. That's what our world tries to teach us. That if I can't grasp it, and I can't put it into an equation, then it can't possibly be true. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that it is. I have no idea, and again, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but I have no idea how most things work. But they work. If you think about it, a lot of you guys woke up this morning, turned on your coffee pot with faith, hoping it was going to start. Some of y'all came in this morning and sat down in these chairs and had faith they weren't going to fall apart. See, we live every choice in our life is done by faith. Think about driving down the freeway. I'm going 70 miles an hour with cars coming at me from another direction, and I'm in faith hoping they ain't crossing that center line to hit me. See, everything we do has to do with faith because we have control over nothing. I said, I could have turned my coffee pot on and it could have not turned on. I could have turned the system on here this morning and it could have not turned on. But we trust that it's going to, right? And so we're going to look at that today. Look to understand there's, there's two sides to faith. There's not just the belief, but there's the action that follows the belief. And Hebrews 11.1 1 is the first scripture we're going to look at today. And it, the Bible defines faith for us. See, if you ever want to know what God means, don't go to your friends, well-meaning as we are. Go to his word and let him tell you what it means. I also want to tell you to do that for your life. Stop letting other people tell you who they think you are and pick up who God says you are. Okay, that's how we learn to start living in faith. But Hebrews 11, 1 and in the NASB version says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things that are not yet seen. So I want to just look quickly at a couple of stories from the Bible that kind of, kind of get us to understand that a little bit. Because when we understand the biblical def definition of faith, you see the intellectual knowledge of, I know it's real. I know Jesus is real. So we have that intellectual knowledge that says, guess what? I know it. I just know it. Okay? But if you look, it's, it's the conviction to say, guess what? What am I going to do with it? Okay, just because I know, what am I going to do? Because we also see in Scripture, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if I try to live a life faithless, I can't please God. He's calling me to live faithful. And so, just the first story I want to look at is in Matthew 9, 27 through 29. 
And it starts off and says, After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. So their faith and the assurance that Jesus could give them sight was the substance of the reality that they hoped for. Does that make sense? But not only that, it also gave them the evidence and trust to receive it. See, we have to believe when we ask God that we're going to receive what we've asked for. Because Jesus said, you ask the Father for anything in my name, I'll give it to you because it glorifies the Father. Now, this is not a get-rich-quick prosperity gospel message. Please drop that right now. Because if we're not praying in God's will, it really doesn't matter what we're asking for. Because we also see in Scripture say, guess what? You get not because you ask for the wrong reasons. So make sure your heart's right when you're asking. See, they believed they had faith in advance for what God was going to do. The other story is honestly one of my favorite stories. I try to live my life by it. I try to make most of my decisions in my life based on the second story, and it's found in the Old Testament. You guys have heard me say it numerous times. It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, again, remember Nebuchadnezzar made a big statue. Everybody was supposed to bow down to the statue, and they said, forget it, ain't happening. We aren't bowing to to an idol king. And in in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Even if we are throwing into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He goes on to say, He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. See, I love the statement, even if. Even if God doesn't save me from what I'm walking through, I know he's true. I'm going to get excited here in a second. Even if you're walking through some junk this morning, do you believe Jesus is walking with you? That's what we got to remember. Even if everything looks like it's falling apart, they knew in advance it didn't matter if they burned in the furnace or not, they were going to live in eternity with the Father. They didn't matter what this guy was going to do to him because even if we die today, we're going to see Jesus this afternoon. See, we got to get excited about even ifs. And I also love the statement that I'm like, what if God wants to show up and do something great? See, instead of what if something bad happens, I'm like, what if God wants to show up? I don't want to miss that. Let's take a shot at it. What's the worst that'll happen? God shows up and shows off. Or it doesn't happen, and what do I do? I start over. I redo it. It just means I missed. See, we keep firing, we keep shooting, we keep throwing for things, and just because you miss, just because you make a mistake, just because things might go wrong, don't think it's failure, think it's okay, I learned not to do that again, let's try it this way. And so we move forward. See, their faith and trust was the substance of what they hoped for. And the evidence was what? Jesus showed up in the middle of the fire with them. They looked in and said, hey, didn't we throw three guys in there? There's four. 
How many of y'all want Jesus to show up in the midst of your junk? Now, some of us are going to say no to that because we created the junk. But understand, Jesus wants to still get into the midst of that junk with you. He wants to walk with you through it, walk with you out of it. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself it is a gift from God. See, the grace of God is received through our action of faith in him. And that faith that we received, that is the gift from God. Having faith to believe in him. Because we don't see God today, do we? But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's real. Because he's given me that faith. Today, what I want to do is, is learning, is, is again, stepping into how do we be faithful, though, in this faithless world. In Luke 18, Jesus says, when I, the Son of Man, returns, and he is going to come back, how many will I find on earth who have faith? I mean, that's a slap in the face of every person who calls himself a Christian. He's saying, how many of y'all are going to have faith when I come back? Are you just going to be playing religion? Jesus said, are you going to have faith? And there's three examples I want to cover quickly of why faith is so important. Number one is God is looking for faithful people. It says in 2 Chronicles 16.9a, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. See, God is physically, verbally, actively, visibly taking the initiative to look for faithful people to do what? To bless them. You want to be used by God? Become usable. You want to be blessed by God? Become blessable. See, God's saying, I'm going to look all over, and if you're faithful, guess what? I'll step in and help. God will use you when you're usable. God is looking for people that he can use today. That's what the Scriptures say. Are you ready, and do you want to be used by God? Because the second one is faithful people are hard to find. I'm just going to be honest with you all for a second here. There are a lot of faithful people for two hours on Sunday. It's just true. But Proverbs 26 says, Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? See, many people say they're faithful, but how many actually live it out is what he's saying here in Proverbs. Many people say they're honest, but how many people are truly honest when no one's looking? See, a lot of people like to talk the talk. But then, they never walk the walk. They don't really trust God. They don't really believe that God can help them in it. A lot of people will trust their credit cards. A lot of people will trust their jobs. A lot of people will trust themselves. They will trust everything else. They say they believe in God, but they never truly trust God with all of those things. See, I sit down, and I remember a story from my uncle who was my spiritual father. 
saying he went to see a missionary, give a, you know, speak of, of, and going back to the field. And they're praying about what to give. And he prays, he gets a number in his head, and then he talks to his wife and says, hey, this is the number God said we should give. It was the exact amount they had in their checking account. How many all writing that check? He's like, nah, I believe this is what God's telling me to do. I've got to do it. They wrote that check, having no idea how they were going to get groceries or anything else or pay their bills. The very next day, he said, out of nowhere, somebody shows up at our house and gives us a check for groceries so we can buy groceries for the week. Are we willing to trust God when it doesn't make sense? Are we willing to trust God when he's truly talking to us? Psalm, yeah, Psalm 53 says, God looks down from heaven at his children of many to see if a single one is wise and seeks God. But all of them have proven faithless. All of them have been corrupted by the world and not one of them always does what's right. See, faithful people are hard to find. Now, does that mean we can't be progressing? Yeah. No, it doesn't mean. That's exactly what we should be doing. We should always be striving to grow better. Always be striving to become better. The third thing is faithfulness is the key to victory. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against our world? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, the Bible gives a pretty clear roadmap how to overcome things. Now, does that mean it's going to be easy? No. Life is just hard. We live in a broken world. We've been talking about that. We all broken. God's putting us back together. Things are still going to be difficult. But as I was Reading over this, and I know Sean and I have talked about this verse in the past, Revelation 12:11. How do you overcome your, your defeats? How do you overcome your history? How do you overcome your shame and your guilt? Revelation 12:11 says, "And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony." See, they didn't do nothing except trust in the blood. Trust in Jesus. And they did not love their life even when they faced death. See, we see in Scripture we overcome by trusting and having confidence in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And then we live out that trust daily in our lives through obedience, service, and love to the Father. And so as we think about those three things, we're going to look at six things to finish off this morning quickly. Six tests God will use to grow your faith. I know you all came in this morning ready for some tests, weren't you? You all ready saying, okay, yep, I got my notebook, I got my pencil. Number two pencil, by the way, you have to have today to answer the test. And I'm going to take a test today. And these aren't tests that are pass or fail. That's the beauty with God. He's going to let you retake that thing. As we grow, He keeps testing us. See, you don't, 
you don't have growth without pain. You don't have growth without being uncomfortable. You don't have growth without stretching yourself. I can't do the same things I've always done if I want to grow and become better or become different or become the person I want to be. i got to change completely. Song, song just popped into my head by Johnny Lang um, from his album. You know, sometimes we just got to blow up the house and start over. But guess what? Last time I checked, Jesus was a carpenter. Who you want building your house? The Son of God who's a carpenter? Or you want to take the lowest bid? And trust me, I ain't putting in a bid for that one because I know what I did here. And so when we look at these six tests, remember, it's, it's a progression in our faith. It's iron sharpens iron in our faith. It's constantly moving forward in our faith. And just like iron and gold are refined in the fire, our faith is put to the test to be refined to become stronger in us so we can be more full of faith, so it can, it can live through us. And the first test God's going to test you with is God uses little things to test my integrity. Now, integrity isn't a word that we talk about a lot anymore because most people today live a social media life. They live a work life. If they have a family, they live a family life. And they live a friend's life. So they got four different lives all going on at the same time. Haven't figured out that integrity says, what are you going to do when no one's watching? That's who you truly are. See, God will test this in those little things. See, we think it's the big things in life that create leaders. No, it's the big crises in life that reveal leadership. It doesn't mean you're a leader. The leader is, is formed in you because of who God's called you to be. And you, I'm sorry to mention it this morning, are all leaders. Because God's called you to that. Now, He's not calling you if you ain't comfortable coming up here and speaking. He's not calling you to be me. He's calling you to be you. And He's putting you the fire that He needs to become the person that will help change the world. See, leadership isn't built on the big things. It's built on the small decisions. It's built on the small choices. It's built on the things when no one sees you. It's built in those times that says, I'm home alone. I'm on my phone. Ooh, look at that. Nobody's around when nobody else sees what I'm doing. And sorry to say, that's what's going to come out in your life in public, even though you try to hide it. How I talk about people in private, whether I think I treat them like that in public is true or not, subconsciously I am treating and seeing that way and judging them that way. See, what I do when I'm alone means more than what I'm doing this morning. Because my life and my integrity is tested when no one's looking. Faithfulness requires integrity. We cannot be faithful people without it. Faithful people reveal their integrity in the small things, in the unseen things, in the unnoticed act that nobody ever knows about. There are things that have gone on even around here that other people have done that no one knows about. And in some cases, they might not understand how big their integrity has grown because they were faithful when nobody is seeing it. They were here when nobody else was here. 
because that's what God's called him to do. Luke 16.10, Jesus says, Whoever is faithful in small matters will be faithful in large ones. And whoever is dishonest in small matters will be dishonest in large ones. He's saying here, your public blessing is determined by your private integrity. You want to be blessed in public? Learn to be blessable in private. Are you being faithful this morning when no one else is noticing? Are you being faithful in your finances? Are you being faithful at your job and doing your job even though it seems like no one else cares? Are you being faithful when no one knows what you're watching on TV or on the computer? Is your integrity growing when no one else is watching? Make the most of what you have in your hands right now so God can open a door to give you more. See, when we're faithful with what we have, God will give us more. But it's never for us. See, our blessings are to be a blessing. Our blessings aren't to make our life better. The second thing God uses is He uses my talents to test my own selfishness. You have to decide in your life who or what you're going to live for. You really only got two choices. You're either going to live for yourself, self-centered and making it all about you, or you're going to live for something greater than yourself. Those are the two choices we all face in life. So we have to decide, am I going to live for the kingdom of God, or am I going to live for myself? And here's the thing with faithful people, is they don't live for themselves. They live for others. They understand they're called to be a blessing to others. They realize that the talents God has given them are not for their benefits, but they're for the benefit of other people. How many ever thought about that? The gifts and talents that you have were never meant for you. They were meant for others to help them. See, what God's placed in your life was never about making your life easier. It was about making someone else's life better. Now again, I grew up playing music. Was I ever really, really good at it? No. <laughs> I just put in a lot of hours. But it's a talent God gave me to hear things when I'm doing that. If I would have kept that talent and said, guess what, I'm just going to sit at home with my acoustic guitar and all I'm ever going to do is just write my own music. How are those talents used and how are they expanded if I don't share them? The talents God has given you are meant to change the world. They're meant to bless other people. He wants to test your unselfishness. See, if I don't use my talents and my gifts God's given me for you, you get cheated. Just like if you don't use the talents and gifts God's given you, I get cheated. See, none of us get, we kind of feed off each other that way. Does that make sense? If I keep the things that God's given me and I keep what I'm good at to myself, you, you don't get what you could get out of it. Have you ever thought about why, why God didn't create us and take us to heaven? How many of you ever asked yourself that question? Okay, God, you created us. Just take us to heaven. We're done with this. <laughs> why does he put us in this broken world for 80 to 90 years? Why do we have to live through all these struggles? Why do I have to go through all these things? He puts you here because your life is a test. It's a temporary assignment to see if you're going to remain faithful. See, life isn't about your happiness. It's about His faithfulness. 
We have to stop thinking that life's about us. This is just a temporary assignment. He's watching to see if you're going to be faithful with what he gave you. Because here's the thing, when you use what God's given you to bless other people, he says you're going to get greater rewards in heaven. See, we all want temporary rewards that are going to go away today. We want people to pat us on the back so we can feel good for like two and a half seconds. And God's saying, if you'll be good today and you bless people today, guess what? The rewards you're going to get in heaven. Remember those jewels we talked about a few weeks ago that he's going to put in your crown? You know, get a couple more jewels in that crown. Now, I don't understand it, but we take those crowns and throw them at God's feet when we get up there. So even though it was an awesome blessing, we're still going to just throw them at God's feet because they ain't worth nothing. But we get that. We get rewards from God when we are faithful and we bless others. And when I use my talents to bless others, God says in 1 Peter 4.10, As each one of you has received a special gift, employ it to serve one another as good stewards to the manifold grace of God. For by grace you have been saved. So we're good stewards of His grace when we bless others with our talents. There are two themes, if you read throughout the Bible, that, that, that are talked about nonstop. One of them is salvation. Cover to cover talks about God's plan for salvation. The second one, cover to cover, is stewardship. Is the action behind that salvation. See, salvation is I've trusted Jesus for forgiveness. Stewardship says this is what I'm going to do now with my life because of the forgiveness I've received. See, there's a, there's a cause and effect. I receive forgiveness to do what? To go out and serve others. And God has given us that. The third thing God uses is tough times to teach me persistence. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, I'm going to read. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer man is yet, though our outer man is yet decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, God's saying what you're looking at today, what you're walking through today is just temporary. Understand, I'm walking with you. And the difference between faithful and unfaithful people is unfaithful people will quit when things get hard. Faithful people will say, uh-uh, I'm going to keep marching. I'm going to keep stepping. I'm going to keep moving. See, faithful people will say, okay, that didn't work. Let's reevaluate. Why didn't it work? But we ain't stopping. I told you all when, years ago with, with planting this church with Emil and coming in here as a pastor, God has called me here, and I'm a fighter. Tell me we can't do something. I'm, I'm doing it. Again, my, my theory in life is don't tell me we can't do it. Help me figure out how we can. See, that's what God wants us to do. He says, I want to, I want, you're going to walk through tough times, but are you going to stay faithful in those tough times? Are you going to keep stepping with me? Well, I'm only taking like a, a, a half inch step today, God. Yeah, but you're staying faithful. Keep stepping. Yeah, but God, I, I can't, it hurts. It hurts. I can't do it. He's like, yeah, but just keep, take another step. Wrap your arm over me and take another step. But God, it really hurts. You don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know what they're saying about me, God. You don't know what my life is like. You don't know my bank account, God. He's like, yes, I do. And I've got you, son. I've got you, daughter. Keep stepping. He says, remain faithful when the tough time comes. Because what? Because Galatians 6, 9 says, don't get tired of doing what is right. 
you will be rewarded when the time is right. It, the reward isn't on your time, it's on God's time. So keep stepping. Find a brother and sister. If you are a sister in Christ, find another sister, please. Please do not be stepping with a brother unless it's your spouse. Yeah, I better get an amen on that one. Um, okay, because that's how we want to do it. We want to walk with people. People are going through tough times. We want to let them lean on us. Because guess what? It also says in Scripture, and I'm going to read the Scripture in just a second, Jesus tells a story about the shrewd guy who, who took all this money, and he said, yeah, but see what he did is he took those worldly blessings and blessed others so that when the time was right and he ran out of money, those people would bless him. See, when you walk with somebody else through their problems, guess what? They will walk with you through them as well. Because you didn't care about yourself, you served them. You have a need, plant the seed. The fourth thing God does is He uses shortages to test my generosity. Luke 16, I didn't put them all up here, but I'll read through them all, 9 through 13, says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and to make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will come and they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustly with, about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. See, anybody can be generous when I've got an overage. When I've got extra. When I got nothing scheduled for my day, I can be generous with my time. See, we can be generous when we have a surplus. But God's saying, can you be generous when you don't have enough? You think you have no time. Can you be generous to sit with this person and talk to them? We've heard it talked about many times with that with, with tithes and offerings. And I know we can't outgive God. But they'll say, yeah, but you don't understand. I have just enough money to pay my bills. I'm not sure I can give 10%, God, because I have got, I have got it down to the penny on how much I can give because this is how much I need for my bills. See, it's easy to be generous when I have enough. But will I remain faithful when I don't think I don't? See, God can do more with 90 than I can with 100. It's just proven true in my life. If you don't believe me, try it. See, again, it's... When I don't have the energy to spend, but yet I spend it on someone else, I'm being generous, and I'm, I'm taking it beyond myself. God says, I'm going to test your shortages to check your generosity. And some of us have to reevaluate our lives to find out if we've just been spending a lot in areas, and I'm not even talking finances, I'm talking time, I'm talking energy, I'm talking everything. Are we spending time and not being a good steward of the stuff God's given us? Because here's a tip. 
for all you math people. God's given us all 24 hours. You didn't get any less than I did. How are you spending it? When we, a lot of times when we don't have enough time, it's normally because I'm just wasting time. And so I need to make sure I'm, I'm being a steward of what God's given me and being generous with what, what God's given me because guess what? God says I can show up. And here's the thing, and, and this is proven true with our church. We obeyed God's vision for our church, and guess what? He brought in the parole vision. See, when you obey what God's told you to do, he'll show up and take care of the details. But the step is, is we have to step out in faith when we don't have enough. Because I guarantee you, we didn't have enough in our checkbook when we bought this building. Just saying. Or when we bought that land. Or when we upgraded all this stuff. But God brought people in. He will bring people alongside of you if you're obeying God to bring the provision in for the vision he's given you. See, because when God do what God tells me to do, he does what I can't do. See, when I give out of the little I got, God can multiply it to feed 5,000. When I give out of the little I got, God keeps filling my oil jars so I can take care of everything. And so I have to be faithful in the little. And the last two things this morning is... Oh, I want to just cover one more thing quickly before I get to that that some of you all need to understand this morning because some of you all have been faithful and you haven't seen a reward yet for it. We live in a rural community where they plant fields. I don't know a farmer who goes out and plants corn and the next day goes back to see if it's ready. Just saying. They've prepared it. They've worked it. They've toiled it. They've hoped... If it hasn't rained, they water it. They do all of this stuff for it so that in due time, they will receive the blessing. There's always a delay between your sowing and your reaping. So you may just be in that, that sowing area right now where things are still getting tilled up. And I heard a statement this week at a conference I went to that I love it. We need to understand we've been planted, you ain't been buried. Planting means something's growing out of it. And we need to remember we've been planted by God. Now, number five, faithful people bring friends to Jesus. Matthew 9, 2 says, Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. And this is what I love. It says, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. See that man that was laying on that mat? And this is something that honestly just popped out at me even more this week as I was reading it. It wasn't the man's faith on the mat that healed him. It was his friend's faith that Jesus could. See, we have to listen to that story very closely because some of your friends this morning are paralyzed. Some of your friends this morning don't know Jesus. Some of your friends are paralyzed by guilt. They're paralyzed by doubt. They're paralyzed by shame. They're paralyzed by fear. They're paralyzed by insecurity. And they can't get to Jesus on their own. They need you to carry them there. Metaphorically, because ain't none of y'all carrying me. 
Just saying. See, the only way they're going to get to see Jesus is if you bring them to Jesus. Faithful people share Jesus with their friends. See, some of your friends aren't going to get saved. They're not going to get healed. Their life isn't going to turn around because we're too afraid to share Jesus with them. That's a heavy weight to bear, isn't it? But Jesus says, guess what? Go and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Obeying them to teach all that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you. You ain't doing it alone. And in most cases, you ain't got to even mention the Bible once. All you got to do is share your testimony. This is what God's done for me. And the sixth thing is faithful people build the faith of others. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. See, this is what has happened really in this church. Emo started this and said, guess what? You heard me teaching, Gene. Now go and teach others. See, y'all heard God speaking this morning through His Word. Now go tell other people. See, the church begins when y'all walk out these doors, not when you walked in. See, you don't need to be a hundred steps ahead of your friends. All you need to be is one step ahead of them. And you can walk with them. You don't need to be so far ahead of them that they can't see you. All you have to do is start helping other people in their faith. And you're going to find that God will bless you because of it. Faithful people will always encourage. They will always empower. They will always build others up. They will never tear other people down. And so we're going to finish off this morning with a prayer. And then Sean's going to just finish up singing a chorus of a song for us this morning. But take time this morning to let God touch your heart in any of those areas of faithfulness that you need to continue to grow in because we all need to still grow in them. Like I said, just because we pass one test doesn't mean that there's not another one around the corner. We ain't graduating. Sorry, you're going to be taking tests the rest of your life when it comes to your faith. And when things look the darkest, understand that that's where the light of the world will show up. Understand, Jesus says, when you get to the end of you, that's where I will be. But we have to get to the end of us to receive that.